Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Red Men podcast this week. I am Paul Machen, joined in the studio by Ross Chanley and from home by Chris Pajak and Lauren Black as well for this one. I can't wait to dive into things. Um, yeah, we're going to start with some kickoff questions because that's what we do here on the podcast. Uh, later on, we're going to be discussing um, a last sort of bit on the Aston Villa game and how Liverpool managed to get through that one and um, some of the media fallout, shall we say, from it. Uh, a bit more on the FA Cup draw and of course your United Lumen but also um, just before we went live uh, we found out that uh, Liverpool women's boss Vicky Jepsen is going to be leaving the role and obviously as we've got Lauren in our expert on all such things uh, we'll be discussing that later on as well um, but yes the first kickoff question Ross hmm. uh, comes from Super Sadio at Buffalo's um on uh, <laughs> Twitter yeah nailed that uh, I don't know whether I got onto the fact that I, I lost commitment to how to say that yeah. progressively as, <laughs> as I read that through it that'll do yeah, <laughs> let us sound um, it's definitely the, Buffalo Slam YouTube Buffalo's Lam Whitey <laughs> <laughs> yeah or buffalo slammy tea who knows there's no way of um, would you rather Ross uh, Liverpool win every Merseyside derby for the rest of time but never win the league again or Liverpool lose every Merseyside derby for the rest of time but win the league every season I think there's a really obvious answer to this and the only person I think who would proffer a different answer to this is currently behind the scenes stressing because he fucked the sound up on the first attempt of the podcast so um, we might get we might, we might hear some screaming through the wall in a moment but go on Sizes always win the league. Wow. Okay, go on. Yeah, I think I think it would hurt knowing that you weren't going to win the, the Merseyside Derby again, but that stops them from, from winning the league and we win the league every season. I'm, I'm fine with that because we're not winning anything else, are they? Mm-hmm. Not going to win the Champions League, not going to win the Carabao Cup, not going to win the FA Cup. So if they get another another 25 years of winning nothing, I'm all right with that. And us winning the league every year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely a... a I mean, Lauren, you've, I don't think you've even, were you even alive <laughs> at a time when Everton were, were, like, used to beat Liverpool on a regular basis? Um, you certainly were. In fact, what year were you born, Lauren? Uh, 99. So you haven't even been alive while Everton have won a piece of silverware. So no. could you live, could, but you've, you've grown up in this world. Do you think you could actually get, could adapt to a world where Liverpool didn't beat Everton anymore? It's hard because. I don't think I could because I've never like obviously there's been a couple of derbies when when I was younger and stuff like that that they've 
won, but like us winning pretty much every single one of them since has been amazing. Um, but then, like on the other hand, what Ross has said, like as much as you'd love to win every derby, you'd love to win the league every season. Cause I think they'd hate that even more because yeah. they, they they go on about winning the derbies, but we can only say, well, yeah, we won the league the last 10 years, so what are you going on about? When's the DVD coming out, lads? No, 100%. Yeah, yeah. They would, that would yeah. they'd, be, they'd be, be forced to do. I mean, God, God knows the AJ final. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, good to see we've got another little guest on the uh, podcast there. It's good to see Lara Page uh, looking, looking resplendent in pink this morning. Um, the uh, One thing that Chris and I had to kind of suffer was that was that world in the 90s where, okay, Liverpool weren't winning the league, but we, were, we consistently... Out, we're finishing above Everton in the league. We were still winning the occasional bit of silverware and, and what have you. But they would win derbies, and it was it was still horrible, Chris, because it doesn't kind of matter. Because what what Evertonians are very good at doing, and I'm sure you remember this argument, is yeah, you finished the balls, but we beat you, so we're better than you. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it doesn't cut it in the social media age that argument though, does it? <laughs> argument where like people would just come back with stats and all that all that type of stuff so look out of interest lauren when when what month were you born in june okay so everton have only won one derby at anfield in the time you've been alive and that was september 1999 never mind trophies like you know what i mean ridiculous isn't it but look look the, the question's easy everyone knows the right answer and, and Ross kind of hit the nail on the head. You'd also guarantee that they're never winning the league. And it wouldn't take long for Everton fans to realise that we'd done a deal with the devil. And do you know how much that would piss them off? Because oh, yeah. they, like, they literally chose to get beaten by us every year, but we're never going to win the league again, ever. They would absolutely fume with yeah. that. And I'm totally fine with it. There's Evertonians who would take that. Who would take the same option though? They would take not winning the league but beating us, and not loads. No, by the way, yeah, not winning the league. So I mean, it's just they guarantee themselves yeah. to win a derby. That would probably be a pretty sweet deal. It's all about perspective, isn't it? Uh, it wouldn't have to be Liverpool at this pace either. It'd be just win a game of football. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Oh, they're up and down, aren't they? Um, right, okay. Well, another kick, another kickoff question, just to kind of, just to kind of mix it up and and sidestep away from the footy before we dive into the footy chat. There comes from Christian G. Uh, he says, "If you had to become an animal for the rest of your life, which animal do you choose to be, Ross?" Uh, a monkey. You'd be a monkey. I'd be a monkey. Yeah. Okay. I like monkeys because you're cheeky. Yeah. Are you clam shit? Yeah. Cool. Healthy diet, beat bananas, <laughs> whatever else is thrown at you. Yeah. Destroy cars at Nosley, laughing. Yeah, get to throw your poo at passers-by. Without that's a bit more that, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> you do live in Kirby. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, Lauren, <laughs> Lauren, what animal would you be? Um, I'd probably go with like some type of bird, like an eagle or something. I'd just, like, I think just being able to fly anywhere you want would just be, be the best option right now, I think. Yeah, did, anyone did anyone see that video flying around like one of those viral videos? I don't know how old it is, where the birds running down, like there's a kid running down the street and the birds just pecking the kid. I just imagine that would be hilarious. Carlo Angelotti goes for a newspaper there, Warren, as an eagle just going in for Angelotti or something. Brilliant, That's yeah. a great choice. Yeah, go on, Chris. Um, my theme on these because I've got a couple here. 
my theme is I, I think the world's in a really bad place at the moment. So I want oh, something that's okay. fairly indestructible. Like Trump's still in power at the moment. And you know what? That mad bastard might do something insane. So I'm going to go for like the immortal jellyfish that just goes back to a polyp every time it senses danger and just rebirths itself and just lives forever like that. Or like a tardigrade, something like that. It's like a little insect that's basically indestructible. They found them at like the, the top of mountains. They found them in the water and it can actually survive in space. So if you need to get off this planet, I mean, you'll have to get a you'll have to get on a rocket somehow and I'm only a mil and a half big, but I'll find a way and I've got plenty. I, th- I reckon I can do it and I can survive in space if needs be. So I don't even need to get into like a passenger compartment. I can just hitch a ride and hope I don't burn up. Oh, wow, there you go. Yeah, I mean, if anyone expected anything less than a thoroughly thought out and detailed answer from Chris Page, I think you've obviously not been following us for too, for, for too long. Um, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, if I, had to, if, I, if I had to guess at what Chris Page I would have picked, I'd, no, I'd, 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 um, I, I, my immediate response to this was just cat, because you just get to chill all the time. And then, and, and, you, and, you, and you can, you can, have as much attention or as little attention as you want. That's the thing I always appreciate about cats. I think dogs, dogs are morons, and they're too much work. Whereas cats, like you can get it, you can get, you can get like the, you know, the, the love and attention. But if you go too far, and yet at the same time the owners come back for more, we'll try again. They'll never be off put by a cat scratching them. Um, so no, but I think something like, to be honest, something like a tortoise or something that just lives forever, gets the same level of chill as a cat, probably slightly less of the love, but just goes at this slower pace. Nothing would bother you, nothing would concern you. You've got that shell, you've got portable, portable housing. Pick you up and drop you in the... And what? Yeah, there you go. Just move me to another corner of the earth. For a bit <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> there you go. Like relocation, like emigrating. It's great. Um, right, let us know. Let us know you're out. Not on a Brexit form for being a turtle leader. Would you ever talk? Yeah, about exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's stress. Definitely. I'm sure Farage should have his way. Yeah, and try to make something like that happen if he thought it was possible. Uh, if he thought he could gain political or social media, you know, currency for it, he'd be all over. Brexiting turtles or whatever. Um, right, so uh, we're going to be discussing the um, the FA Cup. Uh, the third round just gone, and the fourth round looming, and, and the draws. Uh, we got some super chats as well that we're going to talk through as well. As I say, um, United at the weekend, uh, and obviously a little bit on uh, the Liverpool women's team at the moment in, with Vicky Jepson leaving the role. Uh, so stay tuned. We've got a little advert for you about a wonderful, fantastic piece of content that's available over on the website right now, uh, and then we shall return. Fight like crazy, go for each ball, run more, fight more, jump higher, that's what we have to do. From Basel to Madrid, back to Anfield and everywhere in between, it's hard to believe it's now over five years since the mad, brilliant Jurgen Klopp took over as manager of Liverpool Football Club and single-handedly turned us all from doubters to believers. We've laughed, we've cried, we've had incredible let-offs and disastrous heartbreaks. It's safe to say it's been one hell of a ride, but at the end of a long year for everyone, let's not forget that 2020 brought with it a whole new chapter of unforgettable Klopp moments. 
And here at the Red Men TV, we thought this Christmas would be a good time to sit down, look back and reminisce at just all of the brilliant Jürgen moments that we've seen unfold since the day that changed everything in October 2015. So sit back, have a glass of mulled wine and a mince pie, and join us as we look back at the 50 biggest moments of the Jurgen Klopp era, as voted by you, the Redmen TV fans. Hey, welcome back. Yes, you can get our two-part special, the 50 greatest moments of the Jurgen Klopp era, so far, um, on the RedmenTV.com right now. If you sign up, uh, you get access to all of the incredible content, loads of documentaries, wonderful interviews with Liverpool legends uh, and current players and managers and all that good stuff as well to get you through a trying time. Plenty of stuff to keep you smiling, even if the Reds aren't absolutely must, which fortunately... They absolutely are. Um, so, yeah, no bother. Go and sign up right now. Um, yeah, there's, there's plenty of additional stuff there if you want to become a club legend. Uh, subscribe over on there as well. You get loads of bonus features, which are too many for me to go into right now, but do I do advise going and checking it all out. Um, right, Ross, Villa. Um, one more time for you guys into the breach on this one. Um, I, I was off, so I haven't talked about it. I need to talk to someone about it. Um, I thought it was... It was a it was an almost lose lose situation for Liverpool because of the all the context around the game, and that's kind of highlighted by Tony Cascarino saying about he he would have liked to have seen Klopp respect show a bit more respect by by also fielding an under twenty threes team in this game to kind of try and match the level of Aston Villa or whatever, yeah, it, which only further says to highlight the damned if you do, damned if you don't, Liverpool. The only way Liverpool could win that game was just to win it and then forget about it. Yeah, uh, I don't take anything that Tony Cascarino says after he's... Um, oh, yeah, former Millwall, Villa, one of what? the Irish teams and, you know, and now Renta Blair, just um, Tony some, Cascarino. Some of his headlines and some of his articles, I think the last one was Salah's die was an insult to Nobby Styles or something. He's like, yeah, blurt, uh, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, but it was just really hard circumstances. We spoke about this quite a bit on Friday and Thursday, actually, you know, even ourselves trying to get ready for it, of what was going on, what wasn't going on, how, how do you prepare yourself? Klopp would have done a load of work, you know, tactical things about you know how do you monitor Jack Grealish and John McGinn and the fullbacks and stuff like that all went out the window so they didn't know their arse from their own themselves so how can you then go under 23s you know okay Aston Villa had to do it but it's not our fault is it, is it really uh, just go and do it so I don't I think he paid respect by fielding the team that, that he did to be honest yeah. you've got to, got to look after yourself in some respects and go you know certain people on that team needed game time we needed confidence because we hadn't had the best run of results mm-hmm. or form or even the way that we played recently hasn't been great. Um, so just to, like you said, just to go and get a win was was the important thing. The first half was not great, if I'm yeah. being honest. No, there's nothing else, Lauren. It kind of gives weight to this notion or weight against the notion. The club doesn't give a shit about the cups. It shows me really that he just sees them as a as, as a game. And he was always going to... He feel that I think he pretty much feel that the side he was going to feel. Now, there's a chance that maybe, maybe made a couple of tweaks and maybe, you know, maybe just in terms of minutes of several players. But the fact that he put a team out of that quality says to me that, yeah, he, he, you know, he was... He was, he was I, I, I appreciated him doing that. And also, it's because it's a game of football. It's a professional game of football. And Liverpool have actually got bigger fish to fry. And having lads up to speed is far more value to him than any perceived like injustice that Liverpool are delivering to Aston Villa there. Yeah, he's had it for a couple of seasons now, hasn't he? Pretty much since he came in, the, the fact that he's fielded weaker teams when we played in the cup competitions. And sometimes you think that's probably the best option. But in this case, the fact that he did pick a full-strength team probably was... The best thing for us, obviously, you know, 
there's more minutes for, for the likes of Thiago. Shakiri comes off the bench and gets some good minutes in the tank. Same, like Mane and Salah got a good few minutes. Bobby then comes on later on. He pretty much probably played everyone he wanted to play. Um, the fact that, you know, he gets stick when he feels a weaker team and then he gets stick when he feels a good team, to, to, regardless of the opposition, obviously just means he can't win either way. But yeah, I, I was happy to see the start in 11 and see that it was, a, you know, a, a good strength side, even if it was against, you know, a, a couple of teenagers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it got to be it got to be everything it needed to be, didn't it? Sorry, go on, Ross, you got a point to make? I was just going to say, did Tony Cascarino write an article last year about Villa disrespecting the cup and them fielding under 23s when we couldn't play? Yeah, prob- prob- probably not. No, I'm going to say, say no. I was going to search for it. I thought, no, yeah. we won't have done that, will he? It, yeah, look, I mean, because it worked out It worked out almost the best, again, it possibly could have done, is Liverpool got away without any great deal of embarrassment. The fact that the goals were loaded toward the back end of the game meant people left with a little bit more of a spring in the step than they probably would have done if it, you know, if, if the kind of, if the game had been flipped around. Um, and, you know, you get the, the, the Louis Barry moments, we get, you know, you get to see all the Liverpool players swapping shirts and all the Instagram posts of the Villa kids after the fact and all that. It ends up actually being a, a, a surprisingly a new way of describing the magic of the cup kind of thing in some regards. Yeah, I really like that side of it, to be honest with you. It was wholesome content after the game, really, wasn't it? Being on Twitter and stuff like, and the fume, the fume hadn't quite died down on the evening. And, you know, we, we did the, the instant match reaction, all the shows, and then the final word afterwards. And I went and went through Twitter and stuff after we'd done it all. And you could see the fume was still there. Um, because people were annoyed at the performance and that's tagged on to the fact that, you know, we've had a few bad results before that um, and people are starting to get nervous and worried and obviously we've got Manchester United on the horizon and stuff. So the best thing for us really was, as Lauren says, to play that side and, and try and play themselves into a bit of form. Like there was some good football that was played there. I think the introduction of Thiago and Shaqiri especially has got everybody talking and excited to see them two in the side, which we'd not had for a week or so, really. You know, especially around, you know, we've had it around Tiago, but we've not had that around Shakiri. And I think now the entire fan base is sort of starting to see what he can bring and stuff. And, you know, people are getting excited to see what they can do because they just bring us something a little bit different to what we had. So, yeah, some real positives to be taken out of the game if you can just forget about the first half performance. Yeah, you just, I mean, that's all we're really looking for, isn't it? Because we said this, didn't we? Because in the build up to it, is that a bad result there regardless of the regardless of the context of the game and the competition and all that gets lumped in because it can't not because you know football's a game of emotions and you can't you know you need we all need Liverpool to make us feel a little bit better about ourselves more so now than ever so yeah you know having those positives to take away and, and again it's I'm not even asked that I, I, I nearly put the question up on Twitter but I couldn't think how to phrase it several pints in but like is it possible to be like sexually attracted to someone's footballing ability um, because like Thiago honestly like I have watched football all my life and even though he's come into a game where he, you know He'd be the best player on the park, largely against some of the best teams in the world, if not all of the best teams in the world. But just watching him play football is a wonderful, wonderful experience. And that was no less true on on Friday. <laughs> he was absolutely brilliant. Uh, he was, you know, he was, he was superb. And the thing is with him, right? He's got this like 
basically Bobby Firmino's there, and you've seen that beer, you know, that hold my beer meme, and Bobby Firmino's there with his no-look goals from a yard in front of the goal. And Thiago's in the centre of the pitch, blindfolded, playing passes to the likes of Shakiri and stuff. Like he just takes the absolute biscuits. Everybody and their mum thought that that ball was going to I think it was was it Nico Williams on the right hand side, and he plays it through two lads to Shakiri, and Shakiri's like, ha! oh shit, it's for me. I, I thought it was going to Nico Williams. And he panicked when he hits it first time for the assist because he's scared of the ball coming into him. Like, no, it's just brilliant, mate. He's just an absolute joy to watch. I, I have a sneaky feeling, Lauren, that he'd be like in another in another world, another universe. He'd be one of those people who like throws knives at people blindfolded when you've got like a beautiful assistant on a turntable or whatever. He um, th- there was that moment Chris, Chris referenced at the moment where he does like a little give and go with Bobby, and I watched the I watched it live, and then I watched the highlights, and I got I I like had deja vu. I played the same thought in my head of like. Oh my God, imagine if these two get to link up. You know, like just these two special, stupid, talented, skillful, creative lads just get on the pitch a bit more. The magic that we might be able to see. Yeah, he's amazing, isn't he? I think you're absolutely right. Like his, his ability to link up with pretty much any player on the pitch is unbelievable. I think there was a couple of times as well where he's, he's pretty much like, next to Fabinho and he's playing like balls like backwards like to like whoever else is behind him like he's just he, he's, he's willing to try anything and whenever he gets on the ball you know there's, there's going to be a good pass at the end of it or something there might be something that's going to come from it and that's probably what we've missed especially in like the couple of games you know you know a, a Fulham away you, you miss that little through ball or you know when we play Brighton or anything like that you, you, you think in your head if he just stayed fit through those games could it could have been him and Bobby or him and Sal linking up in those last couple of minutes to get yeah. to get that goal that we needed it's it's funny Ross because we don't often buy the finished article so like we've had players before who will try passes and they'll try anything Mario Balotelli would try anything but I, you, but you, when you watch them do it, you're like, oh wow, what, what, what a phenomenally talented footballer. But you knew it wasn't practiced, yeah. And you knew it wasn't, it didn't come from experience. He didn't like. I remember this game, fifty, you know, you know, uh, fifteen hundred games ago. But I, I played this ball and, and I've learned from this kind of mistake. It's so telling. We've had a few lads who've been a bit like that, but toward the tail end. So we got a little bit of Yari Littman and we got a couple of seasons of Gary McAllister, who's very much like this as well. And there'll be other examples which people can scream at me in the comments for. But like Virgil and Allison are our most recent examples of that in this team. When you bring in lads who just know their role, know what they're doing, it's so blindingly obvious. It's so comforting to watch people who, who, who've got... It's why people like Batman... Because it's something encouraging about watching somebody do the job who you know is the best in the world at their job. Yeah, um, I'm not sure I'm going to fit Batman into this, but um, I, I think that comes with experience. And like you said, you can tell, but you can tell in that game, within the two halves, Thiago comes in at half time. The first half was kind of recycled possession, just loofing balls into the box at no one. And again, what Lawrence talking about there, the past couple of weeks when we've had those games, I don't know a game that's where Thiago's missed that he's this hasn't been a game for Thiago mm-hmm. 10 minutes into a game meaning Thiago in this game I don't know, but people are probably right as well because it's that that ingenuity and that, that thought process to do something different which we don't have and that's what you get with the with you know obviously you mentioned a few players there but you get something different within that link up play but it's a thought process behind it and not you know I think we've accused Liverpool of being predictable or if you nullify the fullbacks or if you get people into the box what, what have you got next 
but we've had nothing really like the people that you've mentioned until Thiago comes and goes, well, I'm going to do this, this and this. Even our own players, like Chris says, to the extent of they don't know what he's going to do, so how can the opposition predict what he's going to do? Therefore, you unlock you unlock the, the final third. He's just magic. He's yeah. just absolutely magic, and I can't wait to see a little bit more. And hopefully, that you know that 45 minutes there is another important sort of milestone in getting him ready for the big games that are to come. And there certainly are a few of those. Um, not least of all, now that we know the FA Cup draw, Chris. Uh, obviously, we did a, a special uh, reaction to this last night. So if people want a bit more in-depth thought on this, then go to the RedmanTV.com. Watch that show now. But you know, just just. It's it's my we we touched upon this point, Chris. So I think it's but it is an interesting one. It's the one that people have carried away from this draw more than any. It's genuinely ridiculous how many top teams Liverpool get in the early rounds of the domestic cups. And again, you know, we this there's this running narrative of Klopp disrespecting the competition, etc., etc., etc. It would be nice to see. If we, you know, if we got, if we had the draws that Man City had, let's use that as an example. I would just be fascinated to see how how well we would have done in those competitions if we'd flipped fixtures with them for the last three seasons. Say, it's it's an interesting hypothesis, really, isn't it? I think you know, I, I'll come back to you with another one, Paul, and I think people can probably answer this in the comments as well. Do you think Klopp's actually gone stronger in this competition than he perhaps would have done if we'd got an easier draw? And then, and then, if you answer that yes, then he's not disrespecting the competition, is he? I mean, like you mentioned it yourself, you know that that team of kids that knocked Everton out isn't actually a team of kids. There are professional footballers who were in the in the first team squad there, and and lads who were on the fringes and are now first team footballers in the in the in the squad. So. It's it's an interesting one because I think he probably does go slightly weaker in the competitions if if we don't get the draws that we're getting and you know it's it's about who's willing to risk a little bit more I think sometimes when the two big teams go head to head in the earlier rounds and you know who's going to go slightly stronger and what's the bare minimum you can do to try and squeak past and you know almost sort of a bit like poker where you're seeing if someone's bluffing are they going to play the full centre are they not so it actually makes it a really difficult not because the, not just because the team's good that you're facing but also because you don't know how the other manager's going to think about it and no one really wants to get embarrassed by putting a side out that's dead weak against like Frank Lampard, for example, if you get Chelsea or it, let's talk Man United, if you get Man United, they put a dead strong side out and you put a dead weak side out, you end up with probably egg on your face there. So you, they almost, it, it's a battle to what type of side you put out before you even get into the football. So it's like twice yeah. as hard. I think that's an interesting point, Lauren. Is that yeah? There's there's another level to the to the game when I think it comes to cup football. And you know, first and foremost, I mean the difference between. But in recent years, and I think it's less true at the moment because Liverpool are on top, of course, but Pep Guardiola's situation and Liverpool's situation is Liverpool haven't quite had the squad to be able to go deep in as many competitions. And it's been that Liverpool's quest to just win a league title is was took far more prevalence. Man City can afford to go two or three seasons without a league title. Just It is how it is. And they can afford to then to, to, to focus their attentions and, and spread their attentions a little bit thinner. It, you know, Klopp's playing this game where he is his primary focus. We'd all say, we all say that even the people among us who say, I want us to go harder in the FA Cup, would still be dead upset if we then got our best players injured in an FA Cup game and then fucked the league title. Yeah, I think at the beginning of this season, I said, oh, I'd love to us, us to you know get an FA Cup or have a good cup run because it's, it's something we haven't, we haven't had for a while. But also, on the other hand, is you want us to have a really good run in the league and you want us to have a really good run in the Champions League. So sometimes you've got to sacrifice 
a competition in order to do well in the others. And we, you know, we proved that last season. We sacrificed a few competitions in order to go further in the league. And you know, I, I don't see that as a bad thing. Um, like you said, obviously the leagues took um, took us all, you know, all our attention so far these these last couple of years. But the thing with Man United is because we played in the league. And then we then play them in the cup again, you know, literally a week later. It the the league game now becomes a bit more high profile because depending on what happens in that game, then goes into yeah. the cup fixture as well. So you, you kind of don't know what to think about either of those games at the minute. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It works both ways, doesn't it, Ross? Because if you, if, I think if we beat United in the league... Then the FA Cup. I don't think it becomes a free hit because I don't think you should be. We should be so dismissive of a, of a, of, a, of another piece of silverware at this point, and, and an opportunity to get a few more games under under our belt for certain players, etc. But I think the, the the win there, more so for Liverpool than anything, does ease the pressure on the on on the next game, and it's and it absolutely. I think it ramps it up even more for someone like for someone like Solskjaer. Yeah. Uh... Just, it's hard to say as a fan, isn't it? But you know, you used that example before the Everton game when we, you know, we fielded the kids or whatever it was. Klopp doesn't do that; doesn't use emotion for games. You know, I think when you were talking before, is, it, is there a difference between fielding a weak inside and squad management? Mm-hmm. Now, I think there is. Now, I think that's what Klopp does when he goes into these FA Cup games. Klopp isn't the man who who set the precedence of second choice goalkeepers playing in cup games. You know what I mean? Yeah, so but, this but, is what, no, no. I'm not saying yeah. I'm not saying you're saying that. Yeah. What I mean is, it's a, the precedent of playing a slightly weakened team in domestic cups predates Jürgen Klopp's arrival yeah. in English so, football. So therefore he's trying to manage the squad that he's got. And Chris mentioned, you know, if you've got Chelsea or whatever else, which we did last season in the FA Cup and they knocked us out. I and mean, I think we rotated all, you know, squad managing that one because we had to. I think he would have done the same for Aston Villa had there been two midweek fixtures either side. Now it just just happens so that we didn't, we have my United till Sunday. So those players in the first team or first choice players needed the game time that we mentioned before. So they had to play. This one's slightly different in fact of what we've got. Man United, is it, 
Burnley after that. Oh, yeah, and yeah. then Man United and then Spurs. We've got a tough run of fixtures coming up. And even after that, you know, you've got to think long term as well. I think we've got um, Man City coming up and I think size of Leicester and Everton. I think he does take one game at a time. So if we get one up on them in, in the league, I'm fine with that. And then I'd also understand if he was to rotate or manage his squad for the FA Cup game because what does it do in the long run? Again, what you just mentioned there, injure more players or jeopardise your league run. The league is so tight now. That's why you can't call it. If we were, if we were nine points clear, 12 points clear, I'd go full strength because we can afford to rest in this one, but we can't. Our style of football, Chris, demands high intensity and high quality. And and I, and I, and that means I think you have to preference competitions because you can't play your best team in 38 league games plus or plus every other additional, particularly if you've got if you go deep in the Champions League as well. And I think that's a lot of what it boils down to is that I, I think the the idea that I think. I think this season was meant to be the first real example of it, but I think COVID's absolutely undermined that, unfortunately, and COVID plus and the knock-on impact of injuries and fitness and all that kind of stuff. But you know, in previous years, we've had to rotate lads out because the the, the main men you just, you just need them fit for the league, as Ross says. You know, you go up against Man City, you don't drop points, so you can't afford to be like, okay, well, I'm just going to throw someone who's nowhere near ready into a game and take me world class players out for what for the FA Cup like that's that's the, the, Liverpool's entire you know system is built around uh, built around this and unfortunately if you start to mess around with any fundamentals of it you could you, we could have undermined what we, what we the biggest prizes we've been trying to achieve in those years absolutely and it, it all harks back to the how your clubs run doesn't it? I mean, there are a few clubs in world football who could go deep in every competition because they've got masses of money and much more money than everybody else in their league. Manchester City are one of those clubs, unfortunately, and they've got, you know, huge wage bills. They've uh, they've brought lads in for 50, how many million pounds of fullbacks have they brought in over the years? They've got to get those lads happy. They've got to keep those lads happy as well. Like, Liverpool don't have that, you know, where we don't have that like fringe players where you've kind of got to keep them up because we just don't have as big a squad as Manchester City. So look, if, if Liverpool had bought a squad for the circa a billion quid, right? Um, two billion quid or whatever, then I would say absolutely you've got to win these competitions because we've got 30 lads who are all world-class footballers and stuff. It would be a priority for me then. But it's not because that's what not the club that we are. And you're absolutely right. The intensity of football means that you've got to rest lads. If we had 30 lads like the first 11, I'd be saying we should be winning the FA Cup every year. We just don't. No, it's true. If, if the FA and it's one of them things, is again, this isn't Jürgen Klopp's, the Jürgen Klopp's fault, Ross. The fact of the matter is there's, there's tears to this shit. And the FA Cup is not a top tier competition. I, I and, and this is that's not me to like deliberately trying to be what inflammatory about about it. It's not. You don't win a Champions League place for winning it, and you don't win lots and you don't win lots and lots of money for winning it. It's probably you know. And again, you know, for for a number of clubs, you're better off finishing five places higher in the league than, than you are winning the FA Cup. Just in terms of you want to keep your club te- keep your club turning over, which is sad because that it shouldn't be that way. The FA Cup is the greatest cup competition. So loads of people talk. Talking last night about saying things like um, what they should be seeding it. It's like no, they shouldn't be seeding it. The beauty of the FA Cup okay. and no other no other domestic cup competition is in, in well football is as good as the FA Cup because of the beauty and the purity of it and the fact that you can start a Sunday league team. Look at look at hashtag United. You can literally invent a football club and play and, 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 and get it up to a, a level and it can enter the FA Cup. And because you can enter the FA Cup, it means you can win the FA Cup. Now, obviously. 
you can't, but you can. You know, you, you technically can do that. Um, but at, with the moment, it doesn't. It doesn't yield the rewards. So it's understandable. Without, the, if you've not got the resources, you have to manage the resources that you've got, and the FA Cup will fall inevitably down the pecking order. Yeah, um, for prestige and monetary values, as you mentioned. But what's it doing to you, the rest of your season? Now, in Liverpool, beat Leipzig and go go further, and then you still got FA Cup games. You know, well, we've got two more before that anyway. I think, you know, and then you've got to try and fit that into your fixtures. This season is just mental as it is. Why hamper yourself with more fixtures? But also, I think this conversation is a lot easier. <laughs> without the injuries that Liverpool have got. So, you know, you're talking FA Cup games where, you know, Jota might come in for one of them or Shakiri we mentioned or Origi never even featured, mm-hmm. you know, the other day and you start to wonder what, what's happening for his career. So, like Chris said, the number of people that you've got at your disposal becomes smaller and smaller. Your game time, your resting time, preparation time gets smaller. It just, for Liverpool, and, and again, I'm not looking down on it either, my priorities would be the league and the Champions League. Yeah. So, and I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that either. Yeah. I think the good the thing is, Lauren, is it's it, 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 it's the FA Cup this season in particular because I don't think anyone really understands what football is going to look like in May, and I mean that is like we've seen a glut of injuries across the league already this season and, and ramped up and exacerbated across the entire league by the time we reach December when everyone was playing two games a week. I don't think people can can predict accurately what's going to happen at the tail end of the season when a full the full toll is weighing heavily on legs and joints and all that kind of stuff. So you, having the... Op, it's weird because you might give something back by not being in the FA Cup, so you might increase your chances of having a little bit more left in the tank for the big stuff, but you might also just... You might need the FA Cup this year, I think, just to keep you tied it over. So let's just say, for some reason, you just... Have a, you fall away in the league or you fall a little bit short and Man City just come storming through and they're just better set you lose to a, a, a random you know a random goal in the Champions League we'd probably all be a lot more welcoming of the FA Cup in the back end of the season in, the, in those kind of environments so that's for me not only does it give some more opportunities to get players fit and keep players sharp at the moment while we've got them but yeah we might find that we actually could use the FA Cup in you know in, in a few months time yeah, definitely. I think your attention is only on the the big the big games when when they come. And obviously, all our attention is on the league at the minute, given the circumstances. And then when the Champions League comes back around, all our attention will be fixed on that. But like you said, if if we're not in the Champions League and we do fall away in the league, and there's still an opportunity to, to win a silverware in the FA Cup, you're hundred percent going to be invested in that. So yeah, it, it's difficult to sort of say now. Oh. Do we give up on the FA Cup and, and focus on this, or, or do we keep going? Because you know you just never know what's going to happen. Like you said, it's circumstantial. I think a lot of this, Chris. Because I, I, funnily enough, I, the, I think the, the January game, I think Klopp genuinely detests cup football in January because we 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 play so much from November to November till the end of December, and the, the the third round always seems to fall at an awkward time. We've run the players into the ground, and I don't think he's willing to. Not runners players into the ground because it's been yielding results. It's been they've both been important spells of the season in recent years. But I look at I just got thought out of interest. I get the Chelsea lineup from from the fifth round last year. We've got Van Dijk, Gomez, Robertson, and Nico as the back four. Fabinho, Lallana, Curtis Jones as midfield today, and Mane, Minamino, Divock start the game. And realistically, the the one of the con, contributing factors to us losing that is Allison's injured to Adrian's in goal. 
you know, w- w- that side was more than capable of, of progressing against Chelsea in that game. The 2-0 scoreline doesn't reflect that, but there was nothing wrong, I don't I don't think, with that side, given that they themselves, you know, again, had a young lad in midfield. They had a couple, they had a couple of rotated players as well. So I do think that, you know, I think if we can get through Man United... And if we and if we can then get get we get a bit lucky or get get fit, get through the the next round against West Ham or Doncaster or whatever whatever, then yeah you could find that our understanding of how Klopp rates the FA Cup we actually don't know how he rates it beyond the fifth round because he's never been beyond the fifth round. That's exactly what I said before, Paul, isn't it? It's you know Klopp. I think Klopp picks stronger sides because of the draws that we're getting, and we we forget because we lose those games how strong the side is. It's a perfect example that Chelsea side, isn't it? You know, I think Liverpool and and to go back to your point actually about Klopp hating the January football. I think he hates the draw that we're getting in the January Cup football. Yes. You might not like the idea of January football. I'm not going to debate that, but he probably would be quite happy with frigging Marine in the third yeah. round of the FA Cup because it means that he can play an entirely rotated side and get minutes in some of the lags who haven't had minutes in the legs over the Christmas period. The yeah. draw dictates how he feels about it. Aston Villa, you know, that was an interesting one because the team was the team, whether we played the first team or the kids. That's what Jürgen said. And now that's all based off who your next game is in the league and all that type of stuff. So there's again, there's always going to be extenuating circumstances, but he was going to pick a strong side because it was Aston Villa. Mm-hmm. If he'd have been told a week before that it was Aston Villa's kids, he might have done something completely different. Yeah. But, you know, all of his preparation went into that game thinking it was Aston Villa's first team and I want to get through. And it was still a, a little bit of a rotated side. And the, the idea was always, he said, always to play Henderson for 45 and Thiago for 45, whether it was the kids or it wasn't the kids. Yeah, and and let's face it, I mean, you can look at this from from several perspectives, of course, but, you know, the team that knocks, that we put out that eventually knocks Shrewsbury out is another team of children. But it goes to show that what's, you know, we 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 refused to give up the winter break last year, which is the first time it ever been a thing, and Klopp decided to make a to make a statement by adhering to the rules that it was meant to be a winter break. But it does go to show you, Ross, that if you get a Shrewsbury Town in in the third round, you know that's that's an opportunity for you to actually rest a bunch of players. You know, it's an opportunity to get to put to to. It's not right. It's not necessarily. Again, our understanding of our, our, of the FA Cup is always marred by the fact that we get really difficult draws and we've not necessarily shone in a lot of those environments. We put the players that are fit and available out in those games. We go for fitness over quality, I think, in those, in those ties. And if you get a lower quality of opposition, you find that you do. It's, it's much easier to progress through the rounds when you're playing not playing Premier League teams is kind of what I'm driving at. Yeah, um, I suppose you know you can link into that. You know those kids that play together, the fringe plays. One thing we always struggle with is the you know the kind of rhythm and understanding of what what they're supposed to do. And so it doesn't make for the greatest uh, spectacle for us, us as fans. But also in that in those games you get to develop youngsters. So you could put an argument to say, well, would Curtis Jones be where he is now if it wasn't for the FA Cup or Carabao Cup or Nico Williams or you know. Nat Phillips, arguably, because they weren't about those experiences within those games. Yeah, that's that's what they're there for as well. You know, you, I, I say squad management again isn't just the first team. You know, he's trying to get all these lads together, and you, you, 
<laughs> especially in a season where you don't know what's going to happen or like you said before in may who's going to be whose legs are going to be working you need to you need to implement those into your side it's all fucking circumstantial i'm i'm convinced and not I mean but not maybe not entirely 100% because again i think we liverpool do not liverpool and the liverpool manager has to prioritize has no choice but to prioritize the league and the champions league because they mean too much Particularly to Liverpool's financial situation, you need to get out the you need to get out the groups and you need to get into the last sixteen. You need to get beyond that because it means too much to us to get that additional money. And the FA Cup does not buffer that. You against that as, a, as it's not an adequate replacement in those environments. But the idea that Pep Guardiola is somehow being held up as this this model of like, well, he loves the FA Cup. He just loves the FA Cup because he's he's, he's more he's been more capable. We, we had some super chats there. Um, Mansour Ahmed with the two pound super chat. Thank you so much, Mansour. Just why can't we get draws like Man City? Always easy. Yeah, it is. It's hard. It, you can't help but just look at it. And we were saying last night that that rigged was trending uh, on Twitter last night, which I think says it all. Um, just to go back to Chris's um, jellyfish point, trick Josh there uh, saying, according to N Pelosi, there are several fail safes in place to stop Trump doing something that would risk life. Yeah, we'll see. Um, uh, Sean Blackmore um, says, I don't think Peter Crouch slept last night. I love that. It was one of my highlight of the draw was 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 Abby Clancy basically yeah, telling yeah. Peter Crouch off uh, on Twitter for drawing a Man United. Um, Did you see what he said? I'll sleep in the spare room then. Yeah, yeah. I'll sleep in the spare, spare room. room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Ashley Frith here with the five chat saying, so bloody annoyed we got United in the cup. Typical fourth round Liverpool look. I hope Burnley do them tonight and we smash them at the weekend. Um, yeah, obviously we've got... Um, we know you've got United in that game, and just just as just as one last point, and again we delved into this in much more detail over on the uh, the Red Men React special to the FA Cup draw on the on the TV.com right now. But uh, obviously Burnley play United tonight. Um, so they play, um, yeah, United tonight. Then they've got us at the weekend. Then we've got Burnley midweek uh, before United in, in the FA Cup game. And then the fourth round, uh, the fifth round draw, I should say, is sandwiched between Man City and Leicester. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that shapes out for us. But on United, Ross, um, yeah, the, I, I hold no hope that Burnley will do anything in this game. But it also, we it, it is still a thing. And uh, the hope for us is regardless of how that result goes, them having that extra 90 minutes of football, and in addition to the other game that they played, you know, they played the League Cup game last week against Manchester City, they played the game just before Christmas in the League Cup as well. Um, the hope is that we'll start to see the creaking backs, knees, muscles and all that of Man United by the time we face them at the weekend. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, I don't think it's helped. I think they've got Fulham away midweek next week as well. So they've got Burnley, us, Fulham, us, um, which, you know, <laughs> on paper looks, looks quite easy, but you never know in, in the Premier League these days. I don't think we'll, we'll, we'll see that now, but I think we'll see that with Manchester United towards probably next month and a month after when they start playing Europa League. We've already mentioned they've got extra rounds in that. If they go through in the FA Cup, then they've got another round to, to, to deal with Nate. So it's more football. I know they've made a they made a sign or two so far in the window, but, you know, it, again, for them, it's how do they handle that? You know, will, will the legs fall off them? If they go around in the fifth round of the FA Cup, does that mean that they slope off in a, in a league? Well, if that's the case, you know, then as, as much as it can be, I think I'm all right with that. Yeah, I mean, Lauren, just in regards to the league... It's it's a massive game on Sunday. No, you know, regardless of how they get on, um, you know, in, in midweek or whatever, and you know, without getting suckered into talking about the, the FA Cup stuff down down the road, this is what this is what it's all about. You know, this is it feels to me very familiar. It feels very similar to the pre Tottenham Hotspur 
sort of situation the way we were in, where everyone's everyone's talking about the team. The, like you talk about the other team, no one's talking about us in positive terms. Everyone's going like, "How great a Tottenham, Jose Mourinho! What a brilliant job he's doing!" The day ready, and now it's a similar th- situation with Manchester United. I think Liverpool will love that. I think this squad will love that, and they'll love an opportunity there, right in front of us. You know, okay, not in front of fans, which is devastating, but you know, on on, on our own turf to to really prove themselves there that Man United are pretenders to the throne almost yeah definitely I think like you said everyone was talking about Tottenham for that game and we're probably expecting Tottenham to win and then you know it's exactly the same this time around everyone's probably saying Man United are the favourites under under you know the current circumstances but like you said our, our squad will probably thrive off that Klopp hates people talking about us all the time he'd rather just get on and just go out and do the business which is most of the time works well in our favour. You know, we've seen it before. And, you know, we were in, you know, this position at a similar time last year when we faced Man United and it was a big game and it was a, it was a must-win match. And here we are again. And I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, the squad will be exactly in the same mindset as they were for that for that game. So, yeah, I think, it'll, I think it might work in our favour. Yeah. You do, you know, we've, if nothing else, Chris, it's at home and it's against the top team. Um, if it was away against the shit team, I'd probably be slightly more concerned <laughs> given our form but this season. Our away form, mate, you're absolutely right, aren't you? <laughs> and I think, you know, that, that that's a big difference between this game last season. You know, it was the away game, it was the Adam Lallana game, wasn't it, where we where we do it? And, you know, this time around, you fancy us in Anfield, but, you know, I can look at it, you know, trying to look at it without, without the red tinted glasses on. I can see a world where Manchester United are really well set up for us. You know, I think, there's two styles of football here and we saw it in exactly the same way as the Tottenham game really you know Manchester United are going to want to counter attack Liverpool in this game at the weekend and you know we've not got our best defence out not got our fastest lads available not got the lads who read the game quite as well so if you if you look at the two styles yes we've got the Thiago's the Firmino's the Salah's it stands to be a brilliant game of football and and one where two styles clash really well with each other and you know I think Manchester United's probably Weakest area of their side is defence. Liverpool's weakest area of their side is the defence. It promises to be an nil-nil draw now with that, doesn't it? I think the way these things always go. But no, I yeah. think I'm really looking forward to the game and I want to be able to put Manchester United back in the place, Paul. And then I want to do it next week with a weekend side as well. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that. I think that's, um, yeah, there's a, there's a massive opportunity here to set, I mean, in the coming weeks in particular, I said it before, in terms of the fixtures, you know, between now and and, and the middle, sort of middle-ish of February, so between now and the 20th of February we play Manchester United twice league and FA Cup we play Spurs away we've got Manchester City home we've got Leicester away we've got the start of the return of the Champions League and then we've got the Ever home um, that we, we must that could just be it's a it's a it's a massive spell of the season. Now they're all massive spells of the season, you know. And, and I'm sure in six weeks' time we'll be sat looking at the the six weeks the following, going, "Oh, if we've got that, we've got this, 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 and this, and this." But this is where you get a chance to define how your season's yeah. going to go. I think, you know, and particularly with the league, having those games in particular, they're all te- there's so many teams who are in and around us, and so they become. It's not you're not. It, 
it's the you know the old cliched six pointer kind of situation. You're not just giving yourself a boost, but you're kicking another team and a competitor down at the same time. Yeah, um, I think we've been in this position before as well. And in fact, I know we have been because I've looked at the calendar upstairs in the office before and looked at the fixtures and gone, "Fucking hell, we're going to get through this." And then you know, three weeks later, it's like, "Oh, that was all right, wasn't it?" You know, we managed, to, we didn't lose a game. We were through in the Champions League. You know, we, we, we've done it. So you know, the players are well experienced and. Maybe the rotation or having people coming back from from injuries is, is a key key time for this. Obviously, it won't be the it won't be the likes of Van Dijk and and Gomez for this. But even like a, a Jota, you know, we're seeing what difference that he's making and be able to rotate the front three. Him coming back at the end of January for that spell in February, particularly for the Champions League and stuff like that. You know, he was in really good form, but it's something different. You know, we're saying something different about Thiago before. He needs something different for the front three as well, and, and to be able to mix that up a little bit. So. I'm not, I have no doubt Liverpool will, will use their experience and, and it, I, it probably depends on that FA Cup. If we get through Manchester United, you know, when we saw the Carabao Cup game just before Christmas and we weren't in it, when it got to that period, like, oh my God, thank fuck for that because yeah. having to get, well, we've got a week off, like, but, well, but also the, the players got a bit of a rest, which didn't work out. No, but it, it reminds me of, we've had seasons like this in the past where you look down the line of fixtures and you look at like how they're spaced and you look at things like playing home and away yeah. and what have you and you go, if you can get through this tough period at the start then it, it should be it, it, the, the fixtures are geared more in your favour in the second half of the season that's the reality of it now but it's only an I this is only a concept on paper you would much rather now in the back end of the season where Liverpool are in the league have Manchester United and Man City at home without a doubt you know if you want to, if you, you know the two of your toughest your two of your toughest aways of the season uh, you know are and in fact and in fact let's be honest Everton as well you know Goodison Park is a notoriously difficult place for us to go we've got all of those out the way we've actually I would much rather now have those three fixtures at home than than yeah. than, than the flip reverse and I would much rather be playing Manchester City and Manchester United in those spells with them having played more games of football having not had a pre-season having not had time to you know to properly prepare and get the players up and running for it I think there's a lot of luck they've had in, in, in certain regards you know and, and look Man City have had plenty of injury problems themselves by the way so I don't think they've been totally resistant to, to, to it you know but yeah in an ideal world this is in an, in an ideal world I should say this is these are the small elements that if you could choose, you would choose them, and they are in Liverpool's favour. So it's going to be fascinating to so see. So we're trying to censor back as well. Yeah, let's just try to censor that as well. Which is, by the way, it's quite clearly not happening. No, let's just let's all make our peace. Uh, make our peace on that right now. After, um, after the rest tomorrow. I know, I know, I know. Well, we're going to have to. Going to have to. I cannot. No, no, not doing it. So, not doing it. If I had some money, I'd give it a clap, but I don't, so yeah. I can't. Anyway. Yeah. Sauce. Um yes, uh, yeah, as Ross mentions, the um the, the Reds Roundup show is being recorded tomorrow where uh, we're gonna look into some of the rumours. There's been some interesting bits and pieces that have cropped up, so yeah, we will be discussing that on that show over on the redmentv.com. Also, uh, don't forget if you're not aware of this, Chris is doing a live QA ahead of the game at the weekend with the internet sensation that is the United Stands, Mark Goldbridge, 7:30 p.m. live right here on YouTube. Uh, you get your chance to get your questions in. Um, that should be very, with very sound, hopefully. Yeah, with sound. Uh, there's a, a very niche joke for the 200 people who were here when we first tried this podcast today. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, you can get involved with all that. It, should, it promises to be um, electric. Two of the be- two of the brightest faces of the football YouTube scene going head to head live 
on the internet would you get into asking questions that they'll probably answer because let's face it it's Chris Pajak and Mark Goldbridge um, so yeah do tune in for that <laughs> <in the> calendars <laughs> get your date set in the calendars Thursday 7.30pm um, yes uh, we wanted to talk about this uh, Lauren we've got you Vicky Jepson has left her role as Liverpool um, women's boss she said it's with a heavy heart that my time has come to an end with Liverpool Football Club the place I love and have been lucky enough to call home for over a decade um, what are your thoughts what are your feelings on this uh, very surprised. Um, wasn't expecting it to happen um, now, uh, as given the you know the current situation with the league and and you know us fighting for to get back into the WSL and um, yeah, it was a bit, it was a bit surprising. You know, Vicky's been at Liverpool for I think since two thousand and nine. She's literally worked her way up through through the club. She was you know at the centre of excellence and then now you know was appointed first team manager a couple of seasons ago. So. Yeah, it's 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 quite a difficult one to take, to be honest, because it, it it wasn't wasn't expected, and for someone like Vicky, who's been so good to to us personally, has been you know it, it's hard to take. I think. What do you think the the sort of prospects are now? Because we, you know, I'm I'm not a, a you know a, a thorough follower of, of of the women's game nor the Liverpool women's side in particular. But it's been a tough old. I mean, like the last five years has been a continual kick in the teeth for that squad from being the champions being completely dismantled um, to the the Neil Redfern debacle, um, and and obviously Vicky Jepson felt very much like somebody fitted. The, you know the the club got understood the club you know was very well liked very well respected but also there's no getting away from the struggles the team have have continued to have on the pitch. Yeah, it's been it's been a tough season. I think you know we started this podcast right as Neil Redfern sort of dismantled the whole squad and it all went it all went wrong type of thing. But Vicky coming in was like a breath of fresh air because she knew the club, she knew what what was expected and. It, you know, it was going well for a while. Obviously, last season was all over the place, and you know the relegation didn't didn't exactly help us. But um, I I wouldn't I wouldn't look at it as someone who couldn't do the job for us. And so I think that's just why it's so surprising that it's happened now with I think nine games left of the season, nine games that we need to win in order to get back into into the top flight. Yeah, interesting stuff. Uh, if you want to keep up to date with more of this, of course, do check out uh, our, our sister channel, uh, RMTV Women's Pod. I'm sure you'll be you'll be covering a lot more of this stuff in the coming days, Lauren. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Um, Quasi, thank you so much uh, to everyone who's joined us um, in the in the podcast. I've just had a just had a shout through the wall. What was that, say? Super chat. Super chat. Super chat. Um, hey, 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 hello. Would you prefer us to play the four two three one, Chris Pajak? Let's be riff my impressions for you. Um, so I am always okay. Cool, brilliant. Thanks so much for that. Um, it's been a wonderful podcast. If you're listening on podcast, I'd have to leave a five star review. And if you want more fantastic content to keep you going uh, through trying times, then do sign up on the redmentv.com. Check out the 50 greatest moments of the Jurgen Club era so far. A two part mini series, as well as loads of other brilliant stuff that's on there. Uh, we've also got a range of uh, fantastic merchandise that you can get hold of. Uh, a little bit of a closer focus on all that stuff. But yes, thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back with the podcast next week. <laughs> 